0: My guest today is a Senior Executive Respiratory Sales Representative. Please welcome Radhika Rajendra. Radhika, how's it going?
1: Hey, RJ. It's going (laughs) for you.
0: Good, good. Well, hey, thanks for joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for asking. No problem at all. So let's jump right into it. What do you do?
1: That's the million dollar question. So what (laughs) do I do? So I am a pharmaceutical sales specialist for a pharmaceutical company. I go out and I'm basically a consultant slash bringing awareness to doctors. I don't like to call myself a salesperson because I'm out there educating physicians on how to help their patients, basically, and educate them and building awareness on disease state, on my products, and sometimes even my competitors' products. And at the end of the day, I just want them to pick the right product that's right for their patient.
0: Yeah, so – This has always been a very intriguing field for me because it's just you're having to have that understanding of pharmacology, educating your physicians, like you said, on new developments in the industry, new products, explaining side effects, et cetera. There's so many different new drugs out there and so many drugs in general and all the different side effects, interactions. How are you able to stay up on all this information?
1: Good question. Right now, our company, we are going to release a new product. So we have ongoing education. Mm. And we have modules and we take exams and we have virtual calls on learning about the disease state, the molecules, um, how it's going to help the certain part of the body and long term effects, short term effects, everything. Mm. So I'm really proud of the company that I work for because we get continuing education and it's not just a short, continuing education. It's like long term.
0: Right, right. Definitely has to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. So with these doctors that you're working with or physicians, or medical professionals, how are you able to get leads on these new customers? Are you going to conferences? Are you conducting continuing education sessions with them? What are you doing to get new leads?
1: So about 90% of all of pharmaceutical companies, they once you get hired on, you are basically selected for a certain area. It also depends on where you live sometimes or what area that's open. And so in that area, they will give you the target. So, basically, in that area, they'll give you all these doctor's information, address, name, all the information you need. So, you have that list, and you sort it out on however you want to see these doctors, because some doctors will be in a certain zip code, so you don't want to go all over the place. So, I have a route. I have all of Southeast Houston, and then, of course, I have parts of the Med Center, but I kind of mix that and do it biweekly. But they give us a list and all the information, and we just have to go out there and run with the list.
0: Got it. Okay. Now, with these physicians, are you able to see what they are prescribing? Aha!
1: (laughs) Yes and no. Yes and no. There is information that's out there that we could see what they're prescribing. They tell us what they're writing. And also, we can go to the pharmacy and we can ask, hey, in this area, has anybody written our products? So, there's a lot of different ways of getting that information. But we try to get our doctors to tell us, hey, what are you writing? What's important? Have you used our product? Has that been helpful in that way?
0: Okay, great. So that helps. That feedback helps you. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: And you mentioned the regions that you're in or the territories. So how much of your time is on the road?
1: Oh my God. I mean, I leave my house around 8.30 and I am on the road to like... Four thirty-five, 35, just depending. Sometimes I might be done by four, but I may have a conference call, but we all have company cars and that's pretty much our office. We mm-hmm. don't have an office. So we're pretty much in our cars, like a hundred percent of the time you can say, because we don't have an office. So, and then we just get out of our car, go into the office, get back in. So, yeah.
0: All right. So can you talk about a typical day for you?
1: So lately, just with the whole COVID and everything down, everything that's going on and us having some products that are coming out, they have really tailored to the point where we're having a lot of conference calls and virtual calls. So as of right now, 830 in the morning, nine in the morning, we'll have virtual learnings, conference calls that will probably last an hour, an hour and a half. Then I'll start my day and try to be in an office depending on what time the conference call ends. But I try to be in the office by 9, 9 9.15, depending on where it's at. And I try to make at least, this is my goal, eight to 10 calls. But with the COVID and everything, it's hard because every day things are changing. Offices aren't allowing reps, aren't allowing a lot of people in. So it may just be five to six, three to four. Now we've been doing a lot of virtual lunches. So we'll do like a virtual lunch that's around noon noon to one where we're able to have some time with the doctor, go over the information. And then by like three, four o'clock, I'm pretty much done. And then if we don't have a conference call in the morning, we'll sometimes have it in the afternoon. So today I had one at three. Okay.
0: And then pre-COVID, were you going to a lot of conventions or other type of events?
1: Yes. We would have conventions regarding disease state where one would be called Primed, That was mainly for primary care doctors. One would be just specifically for asthma, that was called the quad AI. And then there was one for just for pulmonologists, and that's called the chest. And these conventions would be yearly. And so the first one would always be one in Houston with the primary care, but the one for allergists for asthma and the other one for pulmonologists, they would be in different cities around Texas or even around the U.S. So I have been to some in Texas and, of course, outside of Texas. It just depends but now with covid i don't everything's all virtual so and they don't need us at this point because everything is virtual so
0: got it so like i mentioned earlier it seems like a very intellectually challenging job especially with the industry rapidly changing you educating physicians and then the sales portion of it too what skill sets and characteristics do you believe are important to be successful in your line of work
1: good question because I always thought when, because I realized that I was more of a people person, but I thought, Mm -hmm. where is that going to get me in life when I was in college? Because at that time it was the dot-com era, it was all IT or engineering. And I realized a lot that being a people person and understanding people's problems and what they need is really helpful to be a successful, I guess you can say consultant or even a salesperson. But I realized that one of the biggest skill set is to know your customers and also definitely having that people person skill, just Mm. understanding just what they need. And if you know what they need and understand their personality types, I feel like you'll go a long way. And then of course, being, (laughs) being okay with rejection because you're going to get that Mm. all the time.
0: Yeah. And so (laughs) how did you get to where you are? What steps did you take?
1: So at that time in college, I was a MIS major. And because at that time, it was, like I said, it was in dot-com era. Everybody right. was going to T. But I realized that wasn't me. And so at the University of Houston that I went to, at the business school, they had a program for excellence in selling. It was all about about the whole aspect of selling and learning your customers and everything. And I was able to get in there, applied Got in, and that basically changed my life where I learned all about selling and all about being there for the consumer and understanding what they need and what they want. And when I was in the program, it really made me believe, oh, I really want to help people. So I realized I was like, you know what? I want to get into the pharmaceutical industry. So I talked to a lot of people, and in the end, I Interviewed with two pharmaceutical companies, and I actually wanted to go to the one that I'm not currently with, but it all worked out where the one that I'm with right now, it's been 16 years, and the other one, their division dissolved about 10 years ago. So wow. it worked out really well. And the company that I'm with, very, very, very good, ethical, is all about their employees and just trying to put patients first in the end.
0: Got it. Yeah, that's great. That's good. And always good to have just a, a little bit of luck as well to, to help out, right?
1: Absolutely. Because, yeah. then, you know, back then and even now when I hear other people trying to get in the industry, it, it's really hard. And yeah. I never realized how, I mean, I, I knew when I was going through it, it was really hard. But at that time, there were 10 plus blockbuster drugs and all these uh, pharmaceutical companies were hiring left and right. So you had huge mm sale forces but then when all those blockbuster drugs went generic you didn't need as many salespeople. Mm -hmm. you you needed the right size so they cut a lot of people and now when hearing people trying to get in it's really tough it's kind of like you have to know someone or your resume has to be stellar and has to really look like you really want to get into the industry so that makes a big difference too.
0: Okay. Now, what does a resume look like for someone that wants to get into the industry? What type of things stand out?
1: You know, it's really important to have the objective of being very clear that you want to get into the pharmaceutical industry and what you want to accomplish. And, of course, Mm -hmm. within the resume, it's great to have, if you have sold something in the past, to Mm -hmm. show on how much you sold or what you sold. And any type of sales experience, it's so important. To put on your resume because that's what the pharmaceutical company looks for. They look for people that know how to produce in the end. Yep, and,
0: yep.
1: and then, of course, if you have other activities or projects that you've done within the community or if you've been involved in some sort of healthcare projects, that's also important too. Anything that relates in the healthcare world and you've been involved in it, that also helps to put on your resume.
0: Okay. Showing the network that you have. Got it. Okay. Good advice. So now what do you love about what you do?
1: I love getting challenging questions from my doctors. And I guess in the end, I like to be challenged from my doctors because I think it shows that they want to know what you know, because I mean, these doctors have gone to school for 20 plus years, you know, or even longer, and they know so much about the disease state and about the human body, So for me, having a four-year degree in business and learning, continuing education with our company through product learning and disease state learning, I mean, it's not compared to what they know. But I do know my product more than what they know about my product. So it's great to be challenged. And I think in the end, it's great when they come in and say, hey, I just put this one patient on your product, and it really made a difference. Because for me, in the end, that's what it counts because the patient did so well and it changed the quality of life because it not only makes the doctor look like a hero, but it also like put the patient first. And so for me, I guess that's why I've been doing this for the longest because I feel like I come in there and I let the doctors know it's not about me, it's not about you, but it's about your patient. And let's get them to the right place. Let's get them to to have the right product that's going to help them live longer in the end.
0: No, that's great. So you're surrounded by or working with very intelligent people. And and on top of that, just the difference that uh, making these drugs and how it can change quality of life. I I like it's got to be rewarding to see that the products that you're selling is really making a difference.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right. So on the flip side, what type of challenges do you see out there? I'm uh, so glad you asked me
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for so long with our industry, we've always been considered the bad people. It's mm. all over the news. And even in patients' waiting areas, I've gotten in the past where, where patients would make really rude, insulting remarks, you know, and y'all charge so much money, and these mm. drugs are so expensive. And to me, when I hear that, it really bothers me a lot because I have a elderly parents, and They have Medicare, and before that, they had commercial insurance. And I know when it's tough or when they've hit a deductible or their co-pays too much or if they have multiple meds. So I know what these patients go through, and I hate the fact that they view us as sometimes the devil because we're all out here for the money, you know, in the end. But I don't know if people realize that there's so many ways of getting drugs for free, and there's so many ways of even getting it affordable with your copay it's just all about asking your doctor or your nurse how can i afford my medication uh-huh. and sometimes all over the news where drug companies where their stocks are really high or this patient can't afford it because it costs this much money and they kind of hone on more of the patients that don't have insurance that are paying out of pocket and i kind of wish that they talked about patients that do have insurance because they can afford it and even those cash paying patients if they can't afford it there's so many pharmaceutical companies, including mine, that help with patient assistance. And people might think, oh, that's really for like really, really low income. And actually, our patient systems help middle class people, middle class people that make middle class income, and they can get their meds for free. So I'm, I'm very prideful over that. And I wish I could tell the patients, hey, we have products that are available, but I can't. And I think that's the challenging part of Still in 2020, being viewed as we are money hungry company that all we do is we're just trying to charge up the prices and everything. And don't get me wrong, yes, there is a cost to products, but there's also ways of getting it affordable.
0: Right. No, that's true. Okay. Now, do you have a most memorable moment?
1: You want good or bad?
0: <laughs> Either one.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. I remember this one. This was a very important doctor and I just started out with the company and I was the only girl on my team and my partners were like, oh, you should go in there and talk to him because he's not listening to us. And I was like, okay. So I went in there and in the beginning, I got to know him pretty well. So I kind of understood his personality. So one day that day, I guess he came in It must, he must've had a really bad day. He came in and he's like, Radhika, what do you want? I was like, oh, God. And I said, like, Well, doctor, da, da, da. you know, so I was asking him questions. How are you? I hope your day's okay. And it was kind of like if he had said, Listen, I don't want to talk. I had a bad day. I would have just been like, No problem. I'll talk to you next time. But he was answering my questions. And then he got an attitude and then he just yelled at me, yelled. And I was like, Oh my God. And <clears throat> my first year, I, you know, I think it was like within eight months. Oh, wow. so after he yelled, I was like, I, I stood there. And then the staff, like the office manager, I remember this and the nurse, he walked off and they came up to me and they said, I'm so sorry. He had a bad day at the hospital. He shouldn't have done that. We should have told you to come in an, another day. And I was like, no, 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 it's OK. And I was trying to hold my composure. So I left and I ran to the girls room. And I just started crying because it was just very embarrassing and very to the point where it was also insulting. But at the end of the day, my co-worker came. He said, don't worry. I have gone through that and it's OK. And, you know, it happens." And at that point, I realized, you know what? This is going to happen and it's OK. And the crazy part, the next time when I came in, I guess he didn't realize what happened. He was the most sweetest guy ever and gave me so much time. He didn't apologize for what happened because I don't know if he remembered or if it just was whatever. But that was something that I will never forget. But I think that changed my, I guess, to try to deal with all types of rejection and types of mood and try not to take it personally.
0: So it changed your perspective and like your approach, I guess. gave you a little bit of tough skin too, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jim. I think yeah. I think that's the best way of describing it. Ever since then, I try to have a tough skin with this job because doctors are gonna have bad days where mm-hmm. they probably lost the patient, or patient couldn't afford a med, or maybe they're going through something personally, and they're also humans too. And Sometimes they'll just take it out on some people. So it is what it is.
0: Yeah. All right. So we've come to the end of this interview, but I want to ask these quick hitter questions for people to get to know you a little bit better. But before I get to that, though, I want to see if there's anything you think I should have asked or anything that you want to add.
1: You know, people that are trying to get into the pharmaceutical industry or even the medical device industry, please know that they need qualified people that are there to help physicians. And I think that's the biggest thing. And don't give up if you want to get in this industry and learn about it. Network, even talk to your own doctor if you have one and ask them how, what do you look for in a pharmaceutical specialist? Like what's important to you? And I think it's just learning on an aspect of a human level versus textbook. is so important because I think That will help you in the interview process. And that will also help you once you land the job, it would also help you connect with your customers. And I think that's really important because these aren't just customers, they're human beings and they're doctors and we want to treat them that way. But I think for people that are trying to get in the industry, it's not about the money or the company car or the status. It's just, I think in the end, if you believe that you want to help the patients, you gotta get that through the doctor and you have to make it known that that's important yeah
0: that's great thank you thanks a lot all right so let's ask these quick hitter questions the first one what's your favorite sports team
1: uh, favorite sports team Rock-
0: all right houston rockets
1: all right rockets and i used to i used to like the lakers but not anymore
0: Oh, okay. All right. Did you say the Rockets? I thought you said Rockets. I wasn't sure.
1: I did. I did. Okay. I want
0: to make sure I didn't just say that. Rockets by default. Rockets
1: by default. (laughs) Okay.
0: By default. Either way, that's still good. Yeah. (laughs) Favorite movie or show?
1: Favorite show, oh my god, this is gonna date me, but I love Beverly Hills and I210. I'm so embarrassed to say that. And Melrose Place, I know, I love those shows. I love, (laughs) hey, they were great in LA. (laughs) They were, they were. (laughs) The favorite movie is definitely The Gladiator.
0: Mm, Yeah, (laughs) yep, classic there. All right, favorite musical artist or group?
1: Dua Lippa, she's Mm. really, really good, and then. Miguel.
0: Okay. I need to look that up. All right. Favorite vacation spot? L.A. All right. And favorite food or drink?
1: Favorite food, hands down, is Chinese food. Yeah. Kung Pao chicken with vegetables, white rice, and my hot sauce on the side. Yes.
0: Oh, man, that's good. Like <laughs> in this then- night. <laughs>
1: And then favorite drink would be a nice, refreshing margarita on the alcohol side. But on the non-alcohol side, I like to sip sometimes some little Dr. Pepper. Got
0: it. All right. Well, great. This is a great conversation, Radhika. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining the podcast and have a good one. Thanks Thanks, a lot.
1: Thanks, RJ. Thank you so much.
0: Have Mm -hmm. a great night. Same to you.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.